about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Let me just uh, start off by saying... Uh, you know, I saw on Facebook and some other place that last month was Pastor Appreciation Month. And let me just say, Pastor Appreciation Month to me, it gives an opportunity of a pastor to appreciate the people that he has in his congregation. I mean, nobody, nobody in their right mind, of course, most of us aren't anyway, would do something like this unless they have people who are hungry for God, excited about the Word of God, you know, full of God, desiring God. They're not coming to church because it's Sunday. They're not coming to church because, well, we're supposed to be there on Sunday, and maybe if I hit Wednesday, God will do something for me. But you people are people who are on fire. I don't believe any of you give lip service any time. I believe when I walk out there, your hearts are flowing out of the inside. You are pressed in. You are doing things. And I mean, we've had congregations before, but I don't think we've ever had a congregation with so many people plugged in. We've usually got the, the excited section, the... Sunday section, the I don't know why I'm here section, I don't even know why I'm part of this section, you know, and it's hard for a pastor to know which section to deal with when he comes here, which makes it tough, but, but it's a different group of people here, so basically, I mean, I appreciate what God has done here and the people he has brought here and the people who are here, it means a lot to me, it has helped elevate me. When people are hungry, it draws on you, and when people draw, you have to refill and do things, you know, in order to stay filled every single time. So to me, Pastor Appreciation Month should be pastors appreciating, unless they don't like them. <laughs> then they shouldn't be appreciative of them, probably. They'd probably be praying for somebody else, praying some in, praying some out. I don't know how you do it, praise God, but, but that's it. I just want you to tell you I am very appreciative, me and my wife, of who's here and what you guys are, and people who've been with us for... A long time, you may, may not always agree with what I do or how I do it or what, but that's fine. That's, that's the way it is. You know, you get used to it after a while, and you just try to do what God tells you to do and follow him for the betterment of every single person here. You know, when we teach on Wednesday nights, we teach on certain topics because I think those topics are important in this day and in this hour to teach on those things, praise God. And like I told him Wednesday night, I wish it helped you just half as much as it helps me to have to study put that stuff on paper, and come teach it and preach it. I mean, Revelation is just, it has abounded on miracles in the last four weeks. And man, I, I don't care if nobody shows up. I'm going to preach to me, get more revelation, and go home, praise God. You know what I mean? It stirs something up on the inside of you and gets you excited. So I appreciate each and every one of you who are here. I appreciate the people who were here at one time and are gone. And I appreciate the people who are coming again, praise God. So hallelujah. I just want you to know that I appreciate each and every one of you. And I thank you for being here, praise God. All right, take your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 2. When I get done, Patrick, I want to do a little something at the end, but I don't want that recorded, all right? I'll try to let you know when that is or whatever. So, Hebrews chapter 2. There's a shift in the body of Christ right now, and the shift that's taking place never really takes place unless there's new knowledge and new revelation to people. As long as you stay in the revelation and the understanding of God that you have, you'll just stay in the same place no matter what you do, whether you come to church or not. But God is revealing himself and the kingdom of God into people's lives in order for you to change the way that you're thinking, if it's just a little bit at a time, and give you a better relationship with God and an understanding of why you're actually here on the earth. How many know it might be important to know why you're here? 
I mean, it's not just that oh, once God said, well, let's see, I'll just create them and throw them down there and throw that one in there. No, you were put here at a time, special time. You were put in a purpose. You have a destiny in God while you're here, whether you live 100 years or 80 years or 120 years. And God wants to get that over to you, but he cannot if your wisdom and knowledge doesn't line up with his will and his call that's in your life. So this morning, Hebrews chapter 2, look at verse 1. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time they should slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation with that the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders, and diverse miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His will. Now, that's a good question, isn't it? But I want to focus back here on verse 3. How shall we escape if we what? If we what? Now, when you read the Scripture, and I did for years, I read it, and I thought, you know, people have rejected the salvation message, and people are in trouble when they reject it. But notice, it does not say reject here. It says neglect. So in other words, he has to be talking to people who actually have experienced salvation in order to neglect the salvation that they have. So it's not talking about sinner boys here. It's talking about you this morning. It's asking whether you are neglecting the great salvation that God has already provided for you. And when every time I read the scripture, my answer is yes. I'm still neglecting parts of it because I'm too ignorant to understand parts of it, but I'm grabbing a hold of more of it, and I'm not neglecting as much as I used to neglect, and, and basically what do I want to do? I, I want to change, to understand. That's why about 10 years ago, God came to me and he said, I want you to keep preaching what you're preaching, but I want you to preach, instead of the gospel of salvation, I want you to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Because the gospel of salvation over the last 2,000 years has simply been simplified into getting born again and going to heaven. That's the gospel of salvation. Jesus came. He suffered and died on the cross. He paid for all your sins. You received him as your Lord and Savior. You are going to get born again, and you are going to go to heaven. Well, praise God. How many know that that's part of the gospel? But that's not the entire gospel. So I lived in that for 10 years. What was I? I was saved. What was I? I was going to heaven. What else were you doing? I was saved. But what were you doing? I was going to heaven. Where's your destiny? I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I'm saved. That's all I needed, and that's all I really knew, and even though I was pursuing God and everything else, I was not growing in it, because here it says what I'm doing is supposed to be accompanied by signs, wonders, diverse miracles, gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to His will. And I was seeing none of that, but I want to tell you one thing, I was saved, and I was going to heaven, praise God. I knew all about that. So the gospel of the kingdom started coming to me, and I found out that most of the church has pushed the kingdom of God off into heaven. So in other words, you get born again, and then you can't have any peace, any joy, any power, anything, until you get in those golden streets. Glory to God. Let's sing us the golden streets, golden streets. Can't wait till I get to heaven. Golden streets, golden streets. But for me now, there was absolutely nothing here until I got to those golden streets. Well, that was a problem with me because I didn't really want to die. You'll have peace when you die. Yeah, but I don't want to die. I'd rather live here in turmoil than go up there and have peace. You get what I'm saying? That's good, that's great and everything, but that's not the way it's going to work. There needs to be more. So as I started studying the kingdom of God, God started changing the way that I was thinking, changing some of the things that I was teaching, started thinking the things that were God. Because when I read about Jesus, Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. 
He didn't say it was coming when you go to heaven. He didn't say it was coming later on. So basically, instead of equating the kingdom of God with going to heaven, I started equating the kingdom of God as if it was in hand right now. Now, how many know that's a difference? That's a big difference between one or the other, praise God. So the kingdom to me gave not only enter the kingdom of God and get born again, but there were many things that I was neglecting that were available to me by my entrance into the kingdom of God that now I could be doing here on the earth and changing people's lives and doing things, basically, and it gave me a purpose. It gave me a hunger for more of the word. What else can I be doing? Lay hands on the sick. My God, is that me? Is that somebody? That must be me, praise God. Cast out devils. Ooh, that sounds like fun. I've never did that before, but praise God, I'm going to talk to a few of these things, praise God, and see what's going on. Hallelujah. Walk in victory. Well, that's something new. Praise God. Walk in peace. Oh, come on. There's no way I can do that. I'm too busy worrying and fretting, and I'm a pastor. I've got all these sheep out there. They're all running in different directions, and they're... <laughs> see, nobody ever told me what I could do now. But I'll tell you one thing, I was saved, and I was going to heaven. Hallelujah. And everybody I got saved, you know what I told them? You're going to heaven. And they thought, good. And that was it. They went right back out doing what they were, sleeping around, getting drunk, doing drugs. But you know what? They were saved, and they were... See, there was no indication to us over the last 2,000 years that there's actually a lifestyle you can step into this very day and you can walk in victory 24 hours, seven days a week, that you've been put into a kingdom where now you're no longer a servant, but you're a son of the living God and you have divine rights that God has given you in your life and you don't have to tolerate the stuff that's in your life. Well, we all have to sin. Well, my Bible says you shouldn't be sinning anymore. Let not sin have dominion over you. And the let not is not God. The let not is you. Sin should not be tolerated in your life because you've got authority over sin. Sickness should not be tolerated in your life. And I know we're growing. That's fine. Everybody's at different levels. But you can come into a place where you say no to sickness and disease now for the rest of your life. If you're under attack now, you just stay on the word of God and keep pressing in. You just keep stranding, keep lifting those weights, keep getting stronger, praise God. Keep renewing your mind on the word of God till you come to a place where you know that you know that you know that divine health belongs to you, praise God. You don't have to walk in strife and division anymore. My God, the biggest killer I think there is. Everybody wants to blame the devil. That's not it. Strife and division between believers, for God's sakes. Get over it. Your past is past. Your future is present. You've got no control over the past, but you do have control over your future from this day forward. And you want to walk and you want to live in the things of God. So that's when I started preaching the kingdom of God rather than the salvation. The kingdom of God. So when I miss what is the kingdom of God to somebody, I, I don't say receive Jesus and go to heaven. I said receive Jesus. There's a better life for you. There's a way to put you up in victory. There's a way for you to walk and help your family. There's a way for you to do these things. You can get saved. Sure, heaven's part of that. How I many know it's part of it? But that's not the main thing, press God, because there's more than that. So God started working on my mind, and he gave me a few differences. Well, a bunch of them, but I'll just give you a few this morning. A difference between the gospel of salvation or the church and the gospel of the kingdom of God. All right, the church taught me when I first got saved that I was going to get saved and I was going to go to heaven. How many have ever heard that? How many got that gospel? Well, the gospel of the kingdom, as I read about and studied, it taught me that I could get saved and I could change the earth. I can, I can make a change. I was put here to change the earth. I was put here to change people. I was put here to change atmospheres. Well, how do you know there's a big difference between waiting and going to heaven and getting start changing people around you and changing things that are there? So I read a little bit more, and the church taught me to concentrate on my works that I did for God. You're saved now. You've got to serve the Lord. You've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and you've got to do this. And how many know it didn't much how much I did? It still wasn't enough. I still felt guilty. So I did a little bit more. Then I screwed that up because I shouldn't have been doing that anyway, but it made me feel better for a little bit before I felt guilty. And then I did some more works and some more, and I tell everybody, I did this and that and this and that for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
And all, once in the kingdom, I found out that Jesus didn't really concentrate on that. He concentrated on me getting to learn the things that he did, the works he did for me. Yes. I said, wow, that's different. Yes. Not me serving him, but he actually came here. So what does that do? Oh, what's that entered me into? Hey, I'm born again. Hey, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's what he did for me. Old things. I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good, powerful works that he has ordained me to do. The Bible says when the Holy Ghost comes upon me, I receive. Well, I didn't get that doing my works. As a matter of fact, most of the works I do weren't even done in the power of God because I didn't know I had the power of God because they didn't know he gave it to me. How many know religious works get tiring? My God, they'll wear you out, praise God. Religion will kill your spirit, man. Wipe you out, celebrating all this stuff, man. I'll tell you what, get in the word of God and find out who you are. So I started checking to see who God, what he did for me. This is what Jesus did for me rather than me trying to please him. And then out of what he showed me that he gave me, I could do in the power of the spirit and get it done right and get it done correct. So all at once my mind started to shift. And how many know when your mind starts to shift, it goes back and forth. See? I didn't do nothing for God yesterday. I usually keep my list of all the wonderful things I did for him. And all I did was read the word and get everything that he loved me and all this kind of stuff. And I found, no, God kept working on it and working on it and working on it. And, but that's what we're taught. Get saved and boy, you better serve God. You better, you better get a list of good marks because you've got a lot of black ones over here that need to be covered up by them little good stars that you've got over here in the left. But that's not what. You need to find out what he did for you, praise God. He didn't come here so you'd serve him. He came here so he could do things for you and get you back in the kingdom of God. All right, another one is the church tells us always to prepare to leave heaven. You better be good enough. You don't know if you're going to die tomorrow because you've got to be ready for the day that you die and the way that you go to heaven. I found the kingdom instead empowered me to dominate right here on earth right now. Not when I get to heaven. Trust me, there's going to be no demon problems in heaven. Sickness, disease, no epidemics up there spreading all over the place. He doesn't need your power and authority that he gave you when you get up there. Trust me, he's doing good. See, it's for right down here. I found out the power's for me, the authority's for me. Everything that he's given me belongs to me, praise God. And once I started getting excited, because when I run into people with a problem rather than avoid them, come on. Oh, not them again. Let's see. I'll move over to this side of the street. Hopefully they won't see me. Because I've heard that story over and over and over and over. And, and I, all things work together for good. Oh, you having a problem? All things got run over by a truck. All things work together for good. Now, if you want to grab that scripture out of context and use it for all your stuff, go ahead, but you're going to walk in defeat. That scripture is with praying in the Holy Ghost according to the will of God and all things work together. My God, you can't take scripture out. You have to take the context, not just the one little line out of there and do it. So what happened all at once I learned that I was empowered to do some things here on the earth. And when I started believing I was empowered, I started using that power. I started praying over. I mean, I was in the post office. I'm there. And all at once somebody came in. One of my fellow workers says his little kid had a fever and he went to like 10 different doctors. They couldn't get rid of the fever. And I thought, well, heck, the kingdom's here. What the heck? Give me your kid. Bring him to work sometime. So I brought him to work on his day off. Took the kid out in the parking lot. I said, get off him in Jesus' name. Handed him back. And he says, is that all you're going to say? I said, that's all I got. That's all I got for right now. Next day, what happened? Fever broke. Was gone. And I thought, my God, this stuff works. There's more than just going to heaven. There is a lifestyle that can be fun down here. It can be exciting down here. I just wanted to get on the loudspeaker that day and say, all postal people with kids with fevers. Please contact Route 22 here in the post office. I'm here in the cubicle ready to deliver your child. 
What happened? God was changing my way of thinking. He was showing me a difference between a kingdom and salvation. We've been stuck in so far. I'll tell you, just born again and going to heaven gets boring. Amen. You wonder why people backslide? They should. If that's all they're getting, they should backslide. Because coming to church every Sunday with no reason whatsoever, I'm already on my way to heaven. I'm already born again. What am I doing here? Praise God. I don't even know God from a horse. I don't know anything. I'm walking around here. No. But when you get into a kingdom lifestyle and a kingdom understanding, it starts changing the way that you look at things. So the church's focus and salvation was always focused on nothing but going to heaven. Everything was going to heaven. Well, the kingdom focused me now on that I had an earthly assignment. And everybody had an assignment. And I wasn't going to get assignment by quick constantly doing good works for God. You know what I mean? I had to find out what my assignment was, stay in my own lane. Yes. Yes. Let me say that again. Some of you missed that. <laughs> stay in your own lane. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You've got a lane to be in and you don't have to run anybody else's race or tell them how. Right. See, we got a bunch of Holy Ghosts, too many of them sometimes. Not yours. You just stay in your lane, find out what you're supposed to do, and do what you're supposed to do, for God's sakes. You don't have to run everything else in the world. You want, you want to wear yourself out? Take everybody's ministry over. See, and run it out. It's not that way. I've got a lane, and I'm staying in it. People come up, what do you think about this? I don't think about this. See? I can't be bogged down with everything that comes and every problem that comes, or I'd be up here in front going, ministry, ministry, ministry. Good morning, everybody. I've had a tough week. <laughs> and what are you going to get from that? Boy, this guy's a nut. Come on. Pastor, appreciate day. I appreciate to get out of this church, praise God, and go someplace else. So you can't do that. You can't get in everybody else's business, praise God. I'm not here to solve the whole world's problems. I'm here to stay in my lane and help those who want help and do what I'm supposed to do. And I just stay right there, praise God. And you know what? That keeps joy. I'll tell you, there's nothing better than joy. I'm telling you right now. If you can keep your joy, it doesn't matter what the heck's going on. Or if, if everything's falling apart, if everything's falling down, it doesn't matter. As long as I got the joy, I could care less, praise God. Well, I don't like you, pastor. Well, I don't care. I still got the joy. No, they don't like me. Well, they don't like anybody. So what's the difference, praise God? Well, they're the only one. No, they're not. You don't know the other people out there talking about you. They just said it to your face. Come on, you know I'm telling you the truth this morning. See? To your face, they're, oh, you're so wonderful. Then to go away and say, that guy I never did like him, praise God. Well, well, that has nothing to do with my destiny and my call. Do you know that? When I get there, God's not going to say, well, let's see how many people liked you and how many didn't. No, he's going to say, did you do what I told you to do? And did you do more than just want to go to heaven sometime? And I'm not downgrading heaven. How many of you know that? It's very important that you go to heaven, but it's very important you do something now between the time you get there too, praise God. There ought to be a day, I believe there's a day in my life where I'm just going to say, I've just lived such a fulfilled, wonderful life that I'm ready to go. Any time you want to take me, I'm ready. And it's not really an age. It's based on how much you followed the Lord, did his will, and did everything. You just say, Psh. And I don't want people weeping when I go, praise God. I want them happy that I finished my call. And I'll tell you what, I finished it with joy, praise God, when I finished it. I wasn't moping, crying, coming down the finish line. No, I was rejoicing as I went out of this place, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, we think death is so bad. But when you read Paul, he said, to die is gain. 
not loss, gain. Paul said, let's see, I'd rather just die if you don't mind. But since you're still a problem, I'm going to stay here and help you with your problem. But then I'm getting out of here. As soon as I fix you up, man, I'm out of here. That's the way it's going to be. And we, we see, we look at things so differently because we've been taught that way. All right, let me see if I got any more. Okay, here's one. He told me that the church of salvation prays to God to get what it needs. Everybody pray. Have you prayed? Yes. What are you praying for? Praying for what I need. I need this and I need that and I need this and I need it. And I found out what the kingdom does. The kingdom prays to find out what God needs. That just took your head and went, hmm? Yeah. If you're a kingdom person, you need to be praying to find out what God needs, not what you need. Because if you start finding out what he needs and you do what he needs, you're going to get what you need. Seek ye first the and his righteousness and all these things will be. So if I'm seeking God first, I don't need to pray for things. My God, they're chasing me every place I go. I'm trying to get rid of these things because they keep coming into my life because I've changed it. Now, I want to know what God wants. I want his perfect will in my life. That's my prayer now. I want to be strong in the Lord. I want to be all pleasing to him. I want to, it's not, give me a car. My car is nine years. I'm standing for a car, praise God. No, when I need a car, it'll be there. Why? Because I'm doing what the kingdom tells me to do. I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do. So prayer is not always gimme, 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 Jimmy. Sometimes it's what you want, Lord. Matter of fact, most of the time, what does he want? What's his will? One scripture just threw me for a loop when I read it. It says, it's where it says all things were created by him. Now watch this. And for him. God said, you think that I was created for you. You're always asking me for stuff, always wanting stuff, always wanting me to do stuff. My God, you, you think I was created just for you. But no, you were created for so what matters is, am I doing, since I was created for him, doing what he created me to do, not trying to get him to do everything in my life that I think I need and would make me comfortable, praise God. So my prayers started to change quite a bit. So the church seeks things through God. The kingdom seeks God and gets things. See, completely, completely opposite the way we think, the way we were taught, the way we do everything. I hardly ever pray to get anything anymore. As a matter of fact, things have been coming to me now for about 10 years. It did it take a while? Yeah. Because I was still trapped between things and God. Come on. You can't love God and money. Well, I was right in the middle. I loved God until I needed money. And a stronger pull came from the love area. And all was, help me, Jesus. Give me love. And I'd go back over, no, I'm just going to seek God. Another bill come in. Help me, Jesus. Ever go back and forth in your mind? You're a liar this morning if you say you don't. Because you do. There's a renewing of your mind that takes place. And the Bible actually says constantly renewing your mind. Why? Because your mind's constantly thinking something. And you don't know if it's thinking in line with it or not. So that was another thing that he told me. Pray, pray, pray what I need. Hallelujah. All right, let's see what else I got for you. The church always told me to reach up to God. You see people, even in praise and worship, you know, not just lifting their hands, but reaching up to God, like, come down, come down and do something for me. But the kingdom doesn't explain reaching up to God. It explains that God loved you so much, he came down to earth. Yes. He came down to seek me. Praise God. Somebody wrote a book about God chasers a long time ago. Oh, that was a good book. But I'll tell you what, the real thing is God is people chasing. Amen. He was after me long before I got saved. I can see it now, but I couldn't see it then. Oh, 
I could not see it then. I was being tugged and pulled and, and quit drinking, do all this stuff, being pulled and pulled and pulled till he got me into a place. And I'll tell you what, God will do anything to get you in there if you just listen to him one time. So I'm laying there. I just got hung over, drunk again, laying on the couch. She's working. Good. She got to make money. I got to drink. Praise God. It's got to be fair. <laughs> laying on the couch and all this commercial came and it said, are you having a tough time having a relationship with God? I said, geez, he hit that. Do you have a drinking, drug, whatever problem? I said, my God, this guy, is he, in the, is he in the living room or what? I have a book for you. It's called The Power for Living. I said, there we go. Somebody trying to make money again. He said, it's free. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now you're talking my language, baby, free. What do we got? Come on now. Come on, before you were saved, you were going to pay $2 to get saved. Do you know that? I don't care what the book said. You ain't going to pay for that thing. But it was free. So I said, praise God. Free. Called the number all at once. The book showed up. And I started reading about all these guys who were famous, who were in sports and everything, who were big people, who are my most greatest thing is my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I may be a star making millions of dollars playing football, but my greatest thing, hey, I'm thinking these guys are fools. You know, they paid, they paid these people. Let's face it. If I'm making millions of dollars, my most important thing probably, it isn't now, but if I had a million dollars, it would be there. Praise God, it wouldn't be there. And I read that book and listened to it and I got to the back of it and started reading it and all at once something started happening on the inside of me. All at once, there started to be, you know, you, you think there's wars going on in the world right now? Sometimes the greatest battles are right in here. I'm telling you what, there was the north, the south, and the east and west all in a battle. It just wasn't two people. There was everything going on on the inside of me. Pray that prayer and receive Jesus. No. You better. No. Keep drinking. You need to do that. Yes. You're you'll lose all your friends if you pray that prayer. Yes, that's right. And all these things are going around. And finally, I just got fed up. And I just prayed that little prayer in the back of the book. And it said, now you need to grow. Growth. Say growth. growth. It said, go to God daily in prayer. Read the scriptures. Obey God minute by minute. Be a witness for him. And always rely on someone called the Holy Ghost. Growth. G-R-O-W-T-H. So I said, well, that's easy enough. So every day I, I did what the G-R-O-T-H did. You know, W. And I, I started to grow and I started to grow. But then I looked back and I saw he was, he was pestering me. I didn't know it, but he was pestering me all along. He was speaking. He knew, he knew he had an assignment for me. And here the thing is, we always think God does stuff for our sake. Many times God does stuff for his sake. If you read the Bible, God did it for his sake. Why is that? Because without you doing what he designed you to do and what he created you to do, some people are going to suffer because he counted on you to reach those people and touch those people and get to those people. And you're not going to do it laying hungover on the couch watching football while your wife works. See, there is something for you. There's something there. And what the decisions you make will end up affecting a lot of people in eternity. People that could have been had or could have been witnessed to or could see the change and, and could take place. And, and then you got to stand strong. How many know once you get in and you go back with your friends who are drinking, it's not easy. You can't go in there and just say, well, I'm just not going to drink anymore. And they want to know why and what's going on. Well, that's a chance to witness or whatever. But the Spirit of God the whole time, even before I was saved, he was picking on me. He was after me, praise God. All right, the church postpones the kingdom to a future experience. The kingdom is now a lifestyle here on the earth of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The church and, the, and the salvation taught me where I was supposed to go. Where are you going? Heaven. Are you born again? Yeah. Going to heaven? Yeah. Well, the kingdom taught me what I should be. Not where I should go, but what I should be right now. What he already did for me right now. And here's where faith has gotten just slightly out of whack because we always want to use our faith still to get things from God. But if you use your faith 
to lay hold of the divine nature that God has given you and the power he's given you and the authority he's given you, you'll get all those other things through the power and the authority of the person who you really are. Are you following me? So my faith is in my divine nature right now. It's in who God made me. It's where I'm seated. It's the authority that I have. It's the ability to do miracles. It's divine utterance. We're talking about on Wednesday night that releases the word and the power of God on the inside of me. Say the inside of me. See, right here. If you had any idea... Any idea what's on the inside of you, but the problem is we haven't released it because it only comes with divine utterance out of your mouth. It's released with your mouth. We sing one song. What is it? Something about miracles. You open your mouth and miracles. Come on. It's coming to you now. You're right. Champion. Champion. I can feel it coming to you. Champion. Yeah. Yeah. Open your, open your mouth and what happens? Miracles. Well, that song, we don't sing that song just so you can rhyme along with it. To reveal to you that if you'll get bold in the things of God and you'll understand what belongs to you and you'll speak it out your mouth, praise God, something's going to happen, praise God, in your life to do that. But you've got to do that. That's why it's so hard for you to do that because there is a resistance to you opening your mouth and believing those things. So we're trying to make kingdom changes here, not only in my thinking but in yours, to change our prayer life. I mean, you can pray. I prayed doubt and unbelief for years. And I was still praying, you know. First, I had to tell the Lord all my problems like he didn't know. Can you imagine that? Lord, this is what's going on down here. Like there's a veil there, you know, and I just opened the sliding glass door and left him know all my problems. And he was familiar with each and every one of those problems. So I quit playing the problem and started praying the answer. And the more I prayed the answer, the stronger and bolder I got in the things of God. The more I prayed the problem, the more depressed I got. Can you imagine getting up at 5 o'clock to go to work, praying for an hour, and leaving the prayer room more depressed than when you went at 5 o'clock? Now I'm going to work. Give me one reason. One reason to yell at you today or get mad at you today. I just prayed, for God's sakes. You'd have to know I feel like this. See? Because I wouldn't build myself up. I wasn't going to the presence of God and thanking Him for praise. God making me who I am and the, and the destiny that I got and the anointing that I've got and the power I've gotten. So we're slowly still on Sunday mornings. We're going to start talking about the anointing pretty soon. Say the anointing. What's that feel? Oh, I feel the anointing. The anointing, praise God. We're going to start talking about that, check on it in depth, study it, what I've found out about it from the kingdom of God, and we're going to start to grow more and more in the power that you have and continue to change your minds on different things in your life, and you're going to grow up bigger and stronger in the things of God. Won't that be wonderful? Yeah. the kingdom of God and his righteousness.